Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Quirky Corporate Chicks podcast. We're your hosts, Sherry Hayes and Denna Foster, corporate life coaches in private practice. We focus on people who follow their passion and how their lives have been impacted. Real stories, real entrepreneurs, and lots of laughter as we look at where life has taken us. We're here today interviewing both of us, turning the tables a bit. So I will interview Dana and she will interview me. So looking forward yeah. to end, we haven't actually pre-selected the questions. So that will be very interesting to see where we go. So Yeah, we thought it was time that everybody uh, had an opportunity to get to know us a little bit more and what brought us to the podcast and kind of set us on this journey. So today we're going to start with Sherry telling a little bit about herself and what has brought her here. So Sherry, what would you, what would you like to share? Um, I think the two minute Sherry Hayes is, um, I grew up in central New Jersey. Uh, I am an only child. Uh, my mother was a single mother. Um, I had a, I had a great upbringing, um, but you know, I learned to be kind of more older than my age, you know, from a very young age. I, um, Decided to move to New York when I was 17, and I did. Uh, moved to New York September 1, 2001, right before 9 11. Um, and I went to, to Pace University, which is right next to the World Trade Center. So that was a very interesting time to kind of segue into your leaving your kind of childhood home into adulthood, especially going into a big city. Uh, but you know, I, it taught me a lot, and I and I became uh, pretty much a New Yorker. I think from then on, I did a you know lots of odd jobs. I put myself through school, um, you know, because I was on a scholarship, but I didn't have you know financial help as much from my family. Um, and then I got out of school, and I thought, well, okay, well, what do I do now? You know, I'm in New York. I love living here. How do I stay here? So I got a job in a bank working at the front desk thinking, oh, this will be great. You know, most of my friends are still working in whatever jobs they were doing. You know, one was working at a juice factory, or like a juice place. Another one was working at a gym, you know, like we can still meet up at four o'clock. It'll be great. Um, and I had this corporate job, right? So, um, you know, it was fun. And then I kind of got on the fast track into being into investment banking, um, which I was in for, Oh God, like 12 years. Um, I then went on to, uh, you know, get promoted very quickly. I went on and then I went to London. You know, I was dating a, a person who was very high level in the music industry who was living in England. And I had asked to have a, a transfer. Um, so I did. And so we lived together for two and a half years, you know, in England. Um, and then that, you know, personal relationship came to an end. Um, and I had to come back to the States, but, you know, he was an entrepreneur who had built his life from the ground up, you know, from someone who was, you know, I said, I used to say to him, like, what did you do before you did the record label? And he'd say, well, I drove a minicab, you know, I worked at, as a DJ in a, in, in Switzerland, you know, at a club, you know, he had done a lot of things, you know, things that I probably wish I had been brave enough to do, uh, you know, not having this sort of half creative brain, but, you know, wanting this stability, you know, and he had done it. So he had always said to me, you know, follow your heart. And uh, even though we separated, it's really stuck with me about following your heart. And um, so, uh, you know, this is, 
came back to the States. Uh, I was promoted. I was running a team. I was, you know, probably at the top of my career in terms of where I was. Um, but I just wasn't being fulfilled at the time. You know, I was just felt like there was something missing and I needed to kind of reconnect with who I was, you know, years ago. because I kind of lost myself as I think a lot of us do in the corporate world. You know, you're on the hamster wheel and you're always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And it's not so much checking in with yourself and going like, how do I feel today? Like, am I okay? Like, am I, you know, my job's okay, but am I okay? Um, so that, so that's what I did. And, um, I left earlier in the year, um, not because of his advice, but just in general, um, I felt that it was time for me to take a step back and, and sort of hit the reset button. And I started training as a life coach, um, through journey mm -hmm. and, you know, it was just through Instagram and I had only joined Instagram probably a month before that because I'm a little too old, you know, at my age in my thirties, but I, uh, I looked nonsense. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I signed up and I, I just joined the cohort and that's where I met Dana. And, you know, we kind of had like a, you know, I think it was like almost like a blind date, you know, a little bit like we, um, <laughs> You know, in terms of business partners, like we, we, you know, we would give our feedback in, in the class and we would talk and everybody talks and it's like Hollywood squares, right? Because they've got, you know, everyone around, but it's all online. And then like one day, you know, we just kind of said, I think you and I vibe, like, can we talk? And since then, I think we've, we're, you know, we slowly, eventually when you get older as well, like friendships develop slowly, but they're more solid the older you get because you don't just jump into like, well, who can I trust? Who can I do? You know, like, like, yeah, there's a little more you know, qualifying yeah, involved. There's qualifying involved. Yeah. So that's what brought me. And then I, I had the idea when uh, we went out to uh, a workshop in LA uh, to, I don't know, uh, people have been telling me for a long time, have you ever thought about doing a radio show? Because you're a good kind of person to give advice. You know, maybe they don't want to do an hour with me as a life coach, but they want to kind of hear my opinion. And I thought, you know, I remember Love Line and <laughs> all those things that, you know, we probably don't, you know, you know, a lot of the listeners probably don't remember. But um, I thought, you know what, why not? And when I was thinking about doing it, I said, you know, I think Denner would be a great co-host because we think the same way, but we, we're the same, but different. And we have, mm -hmm. but, but we come together in a way that kind of just, I think it just brings it all home. and. People have said to us, you know, you kind of just play off each other, not even play off each other. You just, you just gel well. So I yeah. said, why not? And she thought about it. She stood me up for like two weeks. You know, she didn't have <laughs> I didn't stand you up. I just oh, said, I need to think about, think about it. About it yeah. I was, I was having flashbacks to junior high. And when you'd have like, there's used to be like, like, this, will you dance with you know, me? one hour? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We used to have like this, like technology class. It might've even been like, I don't, it might even been like fifth grade or something. And I remember there being a radio like station that you would go to, to work on something. And I would do, I would stumble through it so badly. And I just remember having flashbacks to that when you first initially had asked me to come on. But now, now I'm a little bit more in like the, the zero fucks category. So I was like, why not? What have I got to lose? <laughs> 
sounds like a great, great opportunity to work with Sherry. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm just winging it. I think, and I think that's what we say at Quirky Corporate Chicks. We're just winging it. But I think it's, it's amazing the way we, we hit it off with our guests and, you know, we've done two big interviews so far and we have five lined up in the pipeline. So it's important for you to learn about us. Yeah. Yeah. So now, um, so what do you think? Should I go ahead and tell them a little bit about me now? Yeah, no, exactly. Okay. Uh, well, since you went all the way back to childhood, I guess I'll, I'll do the same thing. Uh, I grew up on a farm, which most people, uh, do when they first meet me, do not think that, uh, I had grown up on a farm, but I was in, uh, Shakopee, Minnesota is where we had our little horse farm. And in high school, I moved to Iowa, which was somewhat of a painful transition going from uh, a larger town to a much, much smaller town in Iowa. But then I went to Iowa State. I was always crazy about animals, wanted to be a veterinarian. So that's why I had chosen to go there. And I think maybe it was about my junior year. I remember sitting in a class and thinking, I don't know if this is like, I don't know if this is what I really want to do for the rest of my life, but I really love what I'm learning. So I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going with it. And then uh, after, after college, I worked uh, at Cargill, which is a very oh, large wow. agriculture company yeah. as an animal nutritionist. And uh, from there, uh, I did actually go and I was 1099 after that, which is I, I feel like every, every person when they're in college should have that experience of going back and forth because it gives you such an appreciation of 401k and benefits and matching. And, you know, when you have to go pick out your own health insurance, in your early twenties, like that's a, that's a, a huge awakening. And that was before insurance was like as expensive as gold I, is exactly. now. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, so I, I was working as an independent agent for different telecom providers, but I was doing that because I knew I needed the sales experience because ultimately I knew that I wanted to get into med device sales. So, um, a couple years after college, I was able to, get in with a great med device company. And I was with them for a little over eight years. And I worked in all specialties, got to be in the operating room. Um, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely loved it. Um, and it was in essence, like you do kind of run your own business. Like it was a yearly quota and you know, you run your territory and you know, you just, for the most part of that particular company, like you can just run it the way you would run a small business as long as you get to the number. And and that was great. Um, but I was missing, I wanted more personal development. It was really important to me. I wanted to feel like I was growing as a leader, growing as a person. And at that particular time, they didn't have a lot of opportunities for that. Um, and so there was a startup company that I ended up going to, another medical device company. And they, they were able to scratch all those itches. They were fantastic and um, had lots of different leadership opportunities. I finally had some associates that were working underneath of me, much different pace, so much faster. They literally just gone public when I came on board. And when I decided to leave them, I was very aware. I wanted to make sure that when I left, that I was doing it on my terms and that I wasn't running away from anything because, yeah. you know, I think oftentimes people, when they leave their job, they, they're just like, oh, they're, they're fed up and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go somewhere else. But oftentimes those problems follow you wherever you go. So it's important yeah. to really make sure that you've addressed those problems before, you know, you've, you've gone on to another career. And so that was something I remember really checking in with myself about um, 
when I was thinking about leaving. And the reason I was thinking about it was just, it just felt right to go and travel. I just wanted to take some time off. There wasn't anything wrong or anything that I was running away from. And so uh, the timing finally seemed right. And that was about a year and a half ago. I had groomed my associate. I had kind of all my accounts and everything in order. And when I went to my company, they were like, really, you're going to leave? Like things are so good. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the time to do it. And so that's what I, that's what I say. I say Seinfeld go out on top, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I went and traveled the world for the last uh, year and a half or so. And along that way, I started to realize that sales and coaching can kind of be similar in the fact that like, it's really important in the listening aspect to listen to people's body languages, to listen to all the things that they're, they're not saying and really like having patience and, and holding space. Cause there's so many times you'd watch, I would watch other reps and they would ask a question and then they'd answer it for the customer. And that means you ultimately don't get to the objection. Um, you've just provided one for them and now you're just going to end up spending more time on the sales. And it's kind of the same thing in coaching where when you ask a question, it's so important to just let that person think about it and come up with their own answer because that's the real answer. As much as you want to try, maybe you think you know what it is or you want to provide the solution or not watch them struggle. It's so important to, uh, to let them come to that conclusion on their own. So anyway, so then, um, yeah, I started looking at programs. I was like, I really, I'd worked with a life coach and I constantly found myself soft coaching other people. Like I just wanted to help them with whatever they were struggling with or to create a, a shift in the way that they were thinking that there's always a positive way to look at things or there's a different way to communicate with people. Um, and so, you know, for better, or for worse, my parents were divorced when I was very young and, uh, I think it helped me to be good with conflict resolution. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I was really excited about this and then I found this program and then yeah, Sherry and I were just like, it was so funny. We might've been like the more um, corporate business minded people in the class. Cause we would ask questions and we were like very, you know, intense about things and we'd be like chatting a little offline and it's a great program, but yeah, we definitely hit it off just like she said. And uh and then, yeah, we decided to meet up out in LA and, you know, love it at first sight. And it was all, no. <laughs> I, I, I slept on the couch, was, so, yeah. <laughs> I literally did. The boundaries. <laughs> boundaries. No. <laughs> totally joking. No, in addition to the fact that we were friends, but there were two dogs there that uh, in an Airbnb that wanted to sleep on the couch with her. <laughs> It was an interesting Airbnb experience, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, but we'll probably the most Airbnb, but we'll talk about that in another episode. But um, yeah, hottest, no, I, hottest it's been in LA or wherever we were, Santa Monica was also the hottest and most humid it ever been in this house. Yeah, exactly, and it was amazing. Or the fan, know, we had said <laughs> nothing. But I think you know that was I had actually posted on uh, LinkedIn at the time. I said, you know, here I went from six months before that doing business class flights everywhere, first class hotels, you know, everything to now not having a job that I left on my own, on my own terms. And now I'm sharing an Airbnb with someone that I've never met before, but is a kindred <laughs> spirit who now is my co-host, um, flying coach, you know, and again, growing up without flying business everywhere, you know, it was kind of, you know, whoa, here we go back again. But it was, I felt better than I had in years. And I still, I feel every day when you wake up and you feel fulfilled in what you do, it's, 
the most amazing feeling. I think it really is. Like when you feel like you're contributing to something mm-hmm. versus just going to, and that doesn't mean that you don't work for a company. It means if you feel that you are aligned in your values and where you are and where you're going and, you know, sort of you feel fulfilled, that's okay. Wherever you are now, that's okay. But if yeah. you're not, think about that. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people tell me like, oh, well, I need to quit my job because I'm not happy. I go, well, I don't actually know as a life coach if you need to quit your job. I just think you need to think about what's important to you. And strip away, like, is it that your coworker who sits next to you really pisses you off? Or is it this or this or this? Because that's really, you know, kind of not important in the scheme of things. Yeah, and I was just going to jump in. I was going to say, I think that that's such a, an interesting, like a really, really valuable question for people to ask themselves when they think that they need to change jobs or do something differently. Is it that you're bored yeah. or are you unhappy? Because they're so different. Because if you're bored, it's like, well, why are you bored? What's lacking in that job? Like I was, I was working with a client the other day and he was, and I asked him that question because he wasn't sure if he should stay where he was at or go and do something else. And I asked him that question and he said, you know what? That's interesting. I think if I had more responsibilities, like if I was mentoring people or if I was to be able to create, you know, better training programs or something, I think I would feel more fulfilled. And I said, well, would that make you want to stay there? And he said, well, He's like, yeah. yeah. I said, no. And what if you couldn't get it there? Could you get it in the community and feel fulfilled in that aspect of your life and still perform your job well? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. And so just because if, if a particular company or something isn't going to provide you with what you want, that doesn't mean you have to go find it in a different job. It could even be within your own community or volunteering or doing something like that. And so, um, I, yeah, I completely agree with you that it's not like, Oh, corporate America is bad or being an entrepreneur is great. Like they all have their, their strengths and weaknesses and challenges. Um, I think think that's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, yeah, I just think that that's important to keep in mind that it's not, I wouldn't say that either one of those is easier. They definitely come with different sets of challenges and that can be, I think that there's so many people that are trying to go off and do their own thing right now thinking that it might be easier, but that's not necessarily the case. It's still, very difficult, um, to get up and going when you're, when you're doing your own thing. And so I just, I was going to say to keep that in perspective as well. Oh no. And I'm sorry, Dana, that I cut you off. I didn't mean to, I just, you brought up a very good point, which I thought we should bring up as uh, life coaches about fear. I think probably fear is the number one component in what keeps people stagnant and also what, you know, just in general. I mean, I think fear is uh, probably one of the most primal emotions And I'd love to get your feedback on that. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to, uh, you know, keeping it, keeping it real and moving my stuff from Chicago to Denver right now. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fear and anxiety behind it, but I'm like, I know it's all in my head. Like that's, that's, you know, and so that's the other thing too, to be able to pull yourself out from a situation when you start to feel afraid to just be like, well, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen in that situation? And is that really that bad? And when you can start to pull yourself back or out of it and recognize like where the fear is coming from, then, um, then it's not scary. You're just like, Oh, okay. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna acknowledge that part of me that there was some, some hesitancy there, but I mean, uh, yeah. So you just gotta, gotta keep going, get curious about it. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, but now, so for the two of us, so for, the, yeah. the passion behind why we wanted to start the, the quirky corporate chicks was that we just, we wanted to be able to help cultivate a community that inspired people whether that was in corporate America, entrepreneurs, anything like that, that just helps bring inspiration to their life to do what they're most passionate about, but also to talk about the real struggles behind, you know, every aspect of that. Again, whether you're entrepreneur or corporate, they all have their, their different sets of challenges. But sometimes I think that when you, when you hear a success story, it just sounds oh so rosy and easy and perfect. And it's not like there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears that went into making every one of those companies or making that decision to be at that company. And a a lot of funny things too. A lot of funny, you know, as the aspect of Steph said the other day of the, uh, the DHL guy coming into her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was so great. Um, Yeah. That there's, and they just have to like learn to like, to laugh about a lot of different things and that every one of the best pieces of advice that I got when I remember it was really, it felt like I was really stepping outside of my shell when I came on board with that startup company. And my mentor at the time, he had said, Dana, there's no more wrong decisions from here on out. He's like, there's only learning opportunities. And once you get to that point, like all this pressure that you're feeling and all this fear that you're having, like, you know, if it doesn't work out, you're still going to have learned something at the end of the day and that's worth something. And then you make a different decision and then you just keep making decisions until it feels like yeah. the right direction yeah. or you're on the right path yeah. or whatever. And just yeah. be sure that you're, you're really being observant and you're learning at every opportunity. Even when you're struggling, there's always still something positive or a place of growth that you can, that you can come from with it. And honestly, I think it's like, it's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten in my entire life. So when I start to beat myself up or think like, oh, I've just really made a really bad decision or I'm judging it. I say to myself, okay, what, what can I learn from this situation? What can I do to, uh, to be better when I move forward? So I would offer that up to everyone whenever you start to wonder, God, did I make a bad decision or what's going on? That you know what? There's no more bad decisions, just learning opportunities. Yeah. And I think it's every day. I mean, uh, what did I do? I mean, I, I stood as an entrepreneur now, I'm like, what did I do? Wait, what? <laughs> what? Um, I think, um, I think in terms of, um, what it's like, you know, kind of starting the podcast. Um, I just want to touch on that a little bit more. Um, I have gotten some feedback over the years of uh, entrepreneurs, particularly females, or maybe not even entrepreneurs, but sort of kind of senior level females who have kind of gotten to that point where they are autonomous, but they feel like they, one, don't have the time to kind of express what they feel. And two, they just kind of want to say like, it's tough, but we're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing as guys. You know, we mm-hmm. don't like to be thought of as, and I, I, you know, I'm not some uber feminist and I'm going to put that in the podcast. I'm sorry, but just, I am a feminist, but I just think, you know, I have people, I do the same thing men do. I do the same thing every day and I just want to be recognized for it. And mm-hmm. I have got a couple for portfolio managers from big funds who are going to come on as guests. And I have a couple other people, but, and I just think, 
you know, I don't think it's a detriment. I don't think it's a listener thing. I think it's just sort of in general, like sometimes women think that they can't, that they're being seen as not being a good mom or they're not being a good portfolio manager. They're not being good, whatever, if they do all of it, but actually you can do all of it because I've seen it. I don't have kids, but I covered many maternity leaves from managing directors in firms. And they just said, right, I'm having my kid. I'll be back in four months. Bye. And then their clients are waiting. So um, that's, that, that's a big, you know, as I speak to the audience today, and I know some of you are listening. Hello. <laughs> um, we support that. And, and we know that that's exactly how it is. But we want to know how you feel about like, how can we support these women? Mm -hmm. When, and it's interesting too, like hope, hope, I think companies are changing too, where the, the mindset is changing around that. But a lot of women are even afraid to even ask or just say, Hey, this is something that I'd like to do, whether it's maternity leave, or maybe even asking for time off. Like this could be men yeah. or women to say, you know, this is what I'm thinking of. Can we brainstorm together? Is there a way that we can make this work? And people are becoming more and more open to being more flexible because they understand that people, like in order to have a good employee and have them be productive, yeah. it's important for them to be happy. And yeah. when you come up with a plan together too, um, that generally seems to go over, go over a lot better with, uh, with everyone. But yeah, it, and even in med device sales, right? Like there were women. And I remember when I first started, I was like one of five five women at my company when I started and there was like 75 men. Now there's like hundreds, hundreds of employees yeah, of that are at that old company, but, um, that women used to worry about, like, how, how am I going to have a baby and still run my territory? And, you know, they was, they were able to get creative in different ways. And even now moving forward, the last company, I mean, there was a woman that was the president and like the vice president of marketing, like almost all women ran the top of that company and it really wasn't an issue. Like they would either have the sales associate. Like, so my point is, is that you can get creative. Yeah. And if you come and say like, this is something I want to do and you have a plan that it can happen, but you know, it will never happen unless you ask for it. Yeah. So I guess you that's the point to. that I'm trying to make woman, is exactly. that you have to ask yeah. Well, and everybody in general. Well, actually, like, I think, I, exactly. It's not a woman. You have to ask for it. I think there's a lot of people who think there's mind readers in the world. Mm -hmm. And that they suddenly think like, oh, well, I've been doing this for so long that therefore I should get that. No, you have to ask for what you want. But, or just that like, oh, well, nobody else has ever done it before. It's yeah. not going to happen for me. And that's just a negative mindset. Like until you ask, even if it's never been done before, you don't know what the answer is. It's like you lose a hundred percent of the yeah. things that you don't go after. So, you know, so I would just encourage everybody that, you know, you don't know unless you ask. I want to ask you the lightning round now because I'm getting, okay. I'm getting, I'm getting excited because you know, I'm a, a Colorado fan. Mm -hmm. So yes. what is the snow like out there? Oh my God. It's been amazing. Tell, 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 first... tell, tell everyone, the listeners where you are. I don't know if I want them to come. I mean, Breckenridge, I want to right? just stay, you know, like, so that, no, it's uh, a <laughs> yeah, mountain break. And we had, uh, we did have our first snowstorm. They opened up a basin last week on Friday, which was, very exciting. Uh, they only had one run, but you know, it doesn't matter. Um, Loveland opened the next day. Breck is opening on the ninth. It's happening. We're talking about more storms coming. It's anything's gonna be better than last season. So, uh, 
yeah, they're already talking about a couple of inches again in the mountains. I saw my first snow of the season. Had to oh. like, I literally, well, I went down to Santa Fe. This is a little yeah. different side story. I was camping and it was snowing so hard. They got a foot of snow that night. And literally I had to keep waking up. I do not, I do not have a four seasons tent. I was not planning on the snow and literally like pushing the tent off of me so that like I could keep pushing the snow off of it. Cause it was like caving in on, on me and my friend. And I was like, this is, we had to make a pack at the beginning of the night that like, if we started to get too wet or too cold, that we would, that we would get out, but we managed to make it through the night. I couldn't believe it. We woke up in this morning and there was like nearly a foot of snow. It was. And that's why you like Denna Foster and Sherry Hayes. because Sherry (laughs) Hayes is such a diva. She would be at the Ritz in the four seasons. (laughs) She would be, well, I never did Albuquerque because I always, when I, I'd be in Santa Fe actually, when I would go out to visit clients, but uh, I, I, St. Regis. Oh, that's too funny. Wait, did did you yeah. ever go to Ten Thousand Waves? It's a, a Japanese spa that's there. In no, Santa Fe no, with no. Hot springs. But, but did I grow up like that? No. So trust me, I I did not grow up like that. But it's, all right, uh, all right. It's it's pretty funny the uh, the way I don't like to camp, but <laughs> I like to ski. I like to ski. <laughs> well. As soon as and there gets me more than one run open. No, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a podcast in uh, Vail this year. Because Ooh. I have my staff there. So, you know, she's going to have to drive out and meet me. That sounds amazing. I think you should do it. We'll ski together. We'll have to do, I would say we could try and do a podcast at like the, the top of the hill or something, but it's generally no, so windy. No, but actually um, my ski teacher in um, Vail she um, was one of the original Vale people who moved out there when they first opened the mountain. I think it was 69. Mm-hmm. And she's in her 70s now, but she still teaches and she still teaches me. How- she was the person who taught me how to ski when I was 24 years old. And I still go out every year and meet her. And I love her. She got married on the mountain. And uh, I-, I always say to her, I want her to marry me on the mountain. Oh, well, she, she already went through the first husband. So it just- <laughs> she can go to the second one. <laughs> Oh geez, yeah. <laughs> too much, too much. Well, then I think it's settled. You'll you'll just have to come out, and we'll have to uh, figure out how to do a podcast out there together. Well, uh, this is uh, this has been fun. We just wanted to be sure and give you all a little little screenshot, little snippets about ourselves, so you can get some idea of the uh, the people that are behind the voices. We welcome any questions that you may have for us, you know, topics or anything that you want to hear about. Maybe it's even in regards to a podcast that's coming up or, you know, anything in the past that if there's a topic you want to hear, we really encourage you to be sure and tell us what that is. We'd love to know what you want to hear. And we also want to know, we answer all emails. So when you mm-hmm. send emails to info at quirkycorporatechs.com, we will uh, answer it, mm-hmm. either Denner or myself. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, I just have one quick question. Where'd you get your mm-hmm. hair done? It looks fantastic. Oh my goodness. Katie's going to love this. Katie Huffman in Breckenridge. Oh, look at her. Yes. Yes. She gave me this wonderful, wonderful, uh, locks of love that I've got going on here. So yeah. Shout out to Katie. Yeah. All right, great. <laughs> All right. Great. Bye. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.